0: Due edition of the Puck Junk podcast. This is episode nine for those of you keeping score. Sal Berry here, along with Tim, the real DFG on Twitter. And today we're going to talk about the All Star Game, the All Star Skills Competition, and of course we can't address those two topics without talking about the big man himself, John Scott. Tim, what's your take on this whole thing,
1: Mr. Scott? He he's been quite the polarized figure this whole weekend. I know he's been the central focus of everybody's talking points and everything else. It's been interesting to see him accepted amongst his peers much more than amongst his superiors, I guess. You know, I never had a problem with him going in. I think the biggest deal was the NHL creates these rules of how to bring All-Stars into the All-Star game. And then when they realize that, whoops, maybe we shouldn't have done that a little too late so you know the big campaign to get John Scott put into the game you know it, it worked it was nice to see him there and he definitely capitalized on it because two goals in that uh in that second uh semifinal game and then to get the MVP of the uh, of the whole entire deal was uh was pretty good plus he's gonna need that minivan with with all those kids too so I'm happy for him
0: Yeah, how about it? You know, and something I want to point out, and I've written about this on my blog, and I know you've read it, that people choose who they like, what teams they like, what players they like for different reasons. And the example I like to throw around is you're a Penguins fan because you grew up in Pittsburgh. My sister was a Penguins fan or is a Penguins fan because when she was a little girl, she thought Penguins were cute. So that was the team, not the Penguins players, but like just the animal Penguins were cute. They are. They're adorable. But I, I had a roommate in college who was a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I said, oh, well, it's easy to like the Cowboys because they were winning all these Super Bowls. And he was like, no, no, no. When I was a kid, I just liked their helmets. They were shiny. And that was just the team that he stuck with. And so we pick our fandom for different reasons. So I find it resentful that the league would be like, oh, wait, no, you you can't vote for John Scott. And I don't think it matters if we voted for him because we thought it would be hilarious to see a big, relatively slow player in the All-Star game, or if we just liked him for who he was, or we just said, why not? Enforcers are a dying breed, and this guy's won um, almost all of the fights he's gotten into over that past eight or nine years.
1: Like I said, they, they, they create these rules to put guys into the All-Star game. They let fans vote. They let fans pick and choose who their fan pick is going to be. And they, however many percentage the, the players get, they end up you know, being team captains or whatever. Every year, it seems like over the last probably five or six years of watching the All-Star game, it's like they've changed the format from one thing to the next and they're i think they're trying to bring in all these viewers that wouldn't normally tune into an nhl all-star game just to try to get people more you know more engaged so they start adding all these different dimensions to this whole you know voting process and everything else and so they created this monster they should have known that this something like this was going to happen was it last year where five or six blackhawks made it in or was it the year before or one of the years i think
0: it was a year one of the years yeah. I, I forget which one
1: Zemgis gergensons made it in and he had no business making it in and he had a lot of votes this year too he even tweeted out to all his followers on twitter stop voting for me i don't deserve to be there john scott did the same thing but you know what with all the radio stations that jumped onto it and the big following on Twitter and Reddit and everything else. And you know, puck daddy had a a lot to do with it on Yahoo as well. Hey, you know, you reap what you sow, but the problem is the NHL didn't like it. Okay. We're going to let you guys do this. Whoops. We put a loophole in that, that we didn't foresee. Now you slapped us in the face. You know, we don't want to look like idiots in front of the world. So even though we don't want them there, we kind of have to let them there.
0: Yeah, but they let him there after the fact, after they... Well, that's exactly it. First they said no, or no, they didn't say no, they just, they made it difficult. They tried to give themselves a way out.
1: Well, they never said no, but they told him and they, they leaked to the public that they weren't too happy about the idea. If you look at his his article that he wrote for the Players' Tribune, I found that interesting that he gets a phone call and they're like, John, look, this ga- this is not a game for John. You know, this is a game for other people. And you know what? You know, my answer to that is two middle fingers and, and you know, go away.
0: Let me ask you this real quick. They said something to him, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, but they said something along the lines of, would your little girls be proud of this, or would your little girls be ashamed of this, or something like this? Now, you as a parent, with two little boys, well, they're growing up, but with two boys, how do you take that?
1: Well, I take it pretty much the same way he did. Who are you to tell me or my kids what they're going to be proud of or or not? I mean, that that's the bottom line. Everybody's an individual, and I think most parents are going to pass on to their kids, the whole idea of being an individual and liking what you like and deciding what your own opinions are, to have some big no-name, no-faced, I'm-going-to-hide-behind whatever my title is or my office is, is the NHL executive who said these things. Those are scare tactics. I think that's exactly what they are. They were scare tactics. They were things to throw in his face psychologically to say, Hey, you know, you need to really think about what you're doing. You know, the long-term impact of this could be this or could be that. Did you see his kids? He has little cute little girls. They're I mean, they're they're tiny. They they don't know what's going on yet. They're going to look back on this later on and be able to watch the videos or hear the stories and everything and 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 live through it that way, but they're really young at this point. So, I mean, honestly, they're sitting in the crowd watching the game, having a good time. Hey, look, my daddy's on the ice. Beyond that, I mean, come on, really? That's what you're gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna try to bully somebody? Come on.
0: They're trying to intimidate the intimidator or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he, he's six foot eight, two hundred sixty pounds or whatever he is. Yeah, you're gonna try to intimidate this guy who makes his living as basically an enforcer, or I should say, made his living as an enforcer since they decided to, uh, you know, run him out of town. But that's the thing that kind of bothers me is. You know, I'm elected to the all-star game. Great. Now, all of a sudden, the Coyotes trade him to Montreal, who immediately puts him down to the AHL team. I don't understand that move. The GM tells them that it's, you know, it's business. They're trying to get better. They're trying to get a player.
0: He said they needed the cap space. Who did they get? Jared Tenorti. But they said he needed the cap space, but they're like $10 million under the cap. And maybe I'm missing something. Like, they have the cap space, and I don't think John Scott's $575,000 a year salary is going to matter when you have a $10 million in the cap room. This is the thing. I'm embarrassed for the NHL for doing that. The only thing they could do, like if they said, no, Scott can't be in the All-Star game, I don't know what I would do, because I love watching hockey, but I would lose a ton of respect for everybody. Uh, I mean, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm not going to ever buy any Phoenix Co- or Arizona Coyotes merchandise, because I think what they did was a really crummy thing, and I think what the NHL did was a pretty crummy thing, and I think when there was the fan backlash, then they backpedaled, and they said, oh, okay, he could be in the All-Star game. He's going to wear an All-Star jersey, because he's not with an NHL team and blah 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 and then they'll like say they even on like their website the nhl website they like pointed out other examples of times that this had happened and it's like well yeah like with bernie nichols and whatnot but like everybody else already pointed that out that like players had been traded and still got to play in the all-star game
1: it's one thing to be traded it's another thing to be traded and then demoted out of the league I mean, instantly.
0: And it seemed for just a purpose to say, well, now you can't be in the All-Star game, which is what I think pissed people off.
1: I Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. Whether it was a coincidence or not, the timing of it, the way it happened, the way it did, that's all it seemed like. The NHL is ticked off because you know they screwed up. So now they're trying to make up for it by running the guy completely out of the league to make the problem go away. And it's like... What are you doing? You're making yourselves look like a bunch of asses. And that's exactly what they did.
0: So, uh, yeah. So then they had to redeem themselves. So, okay. So um, it was interesting on Friday, the um, All-Star Media Day, a lot of people talking to John Scott. It was funny. He had, like, tons of reporters around him. I know everyone who's have seen the picture of him taking a picture of all the reporters swarmed around him at the table interviewing him. I kind of like the media day, even though for, like, an all-star game, it seems maybe a little presumptuous. I mean, it's not like the Stanley Cup final media day, but I like the fact that the NHL is giving the media access to all these high-profile players and trying to grow it that way by giving the access.
1: Having the media access like that, being able to talk to guys and letting people see that, hey, these are real people. This is... You know, you can re- actually relate to these people and brings more people in to be bigger fans, I think.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I know you didn't see the the media day, but it was a good thing. Just take my word for it. I, I think it was also nice because it gave the media a chance to talk to John Scott, like not in between periods or while he's getting ready, but, you know, a little time to think about it. But before the game uh, or the weekend, the all-star weekend really started. Did you did you watch the uh, the skills competition? I did. What's your take on that this year?
1: That was very entertaining. I always like watching the skills competition because the uh, it's really where you get to see guys doing some things that they wouldn't normally wouldn't normally do, and, and they have fun with it. And that's kind of what you want to see. You want to see these guys go out there and have fun and have a good time, and not be taking everything so seriously all the time. I mean, it's probably the only time, and from what I can see in most sports other than the baseball all-star game it's the only time these guys who are normally mortal enemies out on the ice are now all best friends and they're goofing around and having a good time and and, it, and it's fun to watch
0: yeah and i mean like a lot of these guys you know they might have played with each other or played against each other growing up or at higher levels and so you know they, they've they've seen each other they know each other i've always liked the skills competition i'll tell you this year it felt a little rushed I haven't watched a skills competition in a little while. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I've watched one. And I think it was because I honestly, I've lost interest for the most part in all-star games. We'll talk about the game itself. This this was definitely a revitalization of that, but I liked the skills competition. I liked the, I don't know what they called it, the breakaway challenge or whatever, where they were doing goofy stuff. Yes. That was fun breakaway. That was a lot of fun. They kind of had like this hodgepodge where they had the players trying to shoot in the mini nets and the players skating around the Gatorade bottles and then the goalies trying to score goals. And I like that. I kind of wish they slowed that down a little bit because it seemed like so many things, it was like a three ring circus. Like so many things were going on at once. You couldn't really focus on it. Like I really wanted to focus in on one of those activities because I, I thought those were all really cool, really challenging, but They kind of zipped through that, and at the end, when they did like the, um, I don't know what it was, where they were all doing like penalty shots or whatever against the goaltenders, and that was super rushed. I mean, they were doing that all in like two minutes. I wanted to see more of that. When I would watch a skills competition, that was really, it always came down to the one-on-one, you know, the, 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 the player against the goalie, and then the other side, and back and forth, and and, and I think to just rush through it in like two minutes, I felt a little cheated on that part.
1: I think that's kind of how they've done it the last couple of years. And the more the media gets involved with it and the more it becomes a spectacle, more than just, Hey, we're doing this skills competition and you know, the diehard hockey fans are going to watch and nobody else is. They're trying to bring more viewers in the NHL is doing it. NBC is doing it. So they're trying to make this a, a big thing that people get involved with. So it's more along the lines of, hey, how much can we throw in somebody's face in a short amount of time? It's going to get them, you know, to, to keep watching or to, to, you know, stay tuned. To me, it's still kind of fun to watch just because it's the friendly fire that goes back and forth with these guys that are normally on opposing sides. And now they have a chance to, you know, compete together and, and do some things that may be outside of their element. I think that thing you were talking about where they do the different, the different stuff, I actually like that that's kind of fun to watch to me because the way those guys keep throwing those saucer passes over that over that rail into those small those small nets it blows my mind absolutely blows my mind how pinpoint accurate they are with those shots
0: so I think they should slow that down a little bit i I feel like it because it happens so quickly that like you almost can't admire like how skillful that is
1: you think they should make those individual competitions like by themselves
0: why not I felt like the, the skills competition was a little rushed and I can understand because they're probably trying to go for that two and a half hour time span. But then again, this is for the fans. So like, I mean, you know, I grew up watching hockey games when they were like three hours long, and maybe sometimes it did get a little dreadful when the game's not over till 11 o'clock at night, and it's just because players used to be able to stall the face-offs and stuff like that, and so I like the fact that they've they've, they've sped up the game, but I think for something like this, they can afford to make it a little bit longer, and then they can have, you know, more of that banter and that interview time and and stuff like that
1: said I could do without, or if they're going to do the interviews between things and talk with guys, you know, the human element, it's great when they talk to guys about, you know, their life and and what they do and how they're enjoying the weekend, how they spend their time. That's great. But can we please like once and for all get rid of Pierre Maguire? Like, can, can we please... Can we please?
0: Now, why do you say that? He was the Penguins assistant coach during their dynasty in the 90s. Why, why would you turn on Pierre now?
1: Where's the off button? I'm going to click the off button right now on, on this podcast. I'm going to unplug this podcast.
0: No, you cannot click me off. So you, you must answer this question.
1: I'm not a Pierre fan. I never was a Pierre fan. I think Pierre is the only real Pierre fan. Let's put it that way.
0: He asks these real easy questions that are almost dumb, like, so are you having a great time this weekend? What are they supposed to say? No, I wish I was on the beach.
1: No, I I hate Nashville. I hate country music. This place sucks and Carrie Underpants and her husband should just go away.
0: Well, and then the other thing was, he'll ask questions like, you know, are you having a great time, or isn't this great, or are you enjoying your all-star weekend? Every player is going to answer that question the same. If I was going to ask a question to an NHL player, like if I was going to come up to someone like PK Subban and ask him a question, I'd say, hey, you usually play against all these guys in the locker room. Which one of these guys surprised you the most tonight? He might have asked that question Someone might have asked that question now that I think about it, but that's the kind of stuff that I would ask.
1: That's a JR question. That's not a Pierre question.
0: Well, okay, J.R. does ask when he's not put. and I love J.R., but when he's not putting his foot in his mouth, like the way he criticized John Scott, did you see that where he, he told John Scott, he's just like, oh, John Scott, I I was wrong, and John Scott was like, yeah, not the first time you were wrong. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good.
1: My favorite Pierre moment, Well, I don't know if it would be my favorite, but it was after the... Uh after the hardest shot, and of course Shea, Shea Weber won because Shea Weber always wins, mm-hmm. and as long as Char is not there. And he goes up there, and he didn't break the record, but I mean it was still a hell of a shot. It was like 108.1 or something like that that he won with. Something like that. And, but he didn't break his record from the previous, and he goes up there, and Pierre says something like, you're hitting them harder than ever now, aren't you? And Shea Weber says... Well, obviously not, because I didn't break the record. And I just started laughing. I thought that was hilarious, because Pierre's like, you're hitting him harder than ever. Well, no, he's not, because if he would have, he would have broke the
0: record. Speaking of breaking the record, what about Dylan Larkin uh, breaking Mike Gartner's record?
1: He's a beast. That That kid is a beast. And the fact that they kept calling him teenager, um, I thought was kind of uh, kind of poignant, because on one hand, it's like, this guy's an NHLer. You guys keep calling him teenager, which is kind of demeaning, but he is a teenager. He's 19 years old, and he's one of the elite, you know, 700 NHLers that are out there, and he's one of the one percenters because he made the All-Star game as a rookie. So he's 19. Meanwhile, you got these guys out on the ice that are anywhere between, you know, 25, 35 years old, or 44 with Yarmir Yager, and he's out there competing with them. Hands down, he was, he's one of the better players that were out there on the ice.
0: Larkin, I, I'm thinking of those, uh, those penalty shots he got against, uh, I think it was Jonathan Quick in the net. And oh my God, he just made it look so easy. He just made it look so easy. But speaking of teenagers, how about Johnny Goudreau? I mean, with the backwards baseball cap, I think that made him look like 12.
1: Yeah, he's kind of, I don't know what my opinion is of him. He, 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 he reminds me way too much of, because they call him Johnny Hockey, he reminds me too much of Johnny Football, who was like in the news yesterday for hitting his girlfriend again or something.
0: Who is Johnny Football?
1: Johnny Manziel.
0: Yeah, mm, let's not go there.
1: Although it was it was kind of funny when he was doing his little interview with Pierre again, and uh, Giordano brought in that uh, that that poster, said <laughs> Johnny, if you score, Mom said she'd get us a get us a puppy. That was pretty funny.
0: Getting back to the game. So, okay, so we both liked the skills competition. I thought it was a lot of fun this year. Uh, and then we had the games, the new three-on-three format, the three-game tournament. I got to tell you, man, I thought this was awesome. I And I think the reason why I stopped watching the All-Star games is because they're usually blowouts. And a lot of times, one side gets a really sizable lead. They're already up 10-3 to 3 by the end of the... F- second or first or whatever the other team's not gonna like play to come back right and it's just like you know that the other team's gonna keep piling on goals the other team is not gonna try no one's gonna be like oh man we're down by seven goals but we could totally score because we have the greatest players in the western conference on our team instead it just ends up like just being one of those types of games where it's 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 a blowout sometimes it's lopsided and it's not i mean i'll tell you this i went to an all-star game in 1991 it was 25 years ago it's the only time i went to an all-star game and i still remember the game being boring i mean it was fun to see the player intros it was fun to see the 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 introductions and and the the skills competition and just seeing our guys and cheering for them but the game itself, like, it just, it, there was like nothing to it. And this actually had, not only did it was it wide open, but you had players back checking, you had goaltenders making amazing saves.
1: That's kind of exactly what I thought, you know, going into this, seeing that it was going to be three on three, and traditionally you go to an all-star game, and what do you expect? You expect to see all the best, all the best offensive players on the ice at the same time, peppering the goalies to death until every puck goes into the back of the net and when it, when they decided to do the three on three format with the open ice and, and have these guys out there skating the first thing I thought in my head was three on three three of the best shooters on the ice at the same time just firing away on these goalies if we could have a final score 50 to 48. And that, that was my original thought. But then when I started thinking and started watching more of these overtime games this year, I realized that this was going to be a much more entertaining, much more entertaining event. And it, that's exactly what it was. I mean, these guys go out there. There was something on the table. A million bucks to the winner. So they had something to play for, which means the guys weren't going out there and just dogging it. They weren't going out there and goofing around on the ice when they were playing. They were playing. I mean, you weren't seeing the hitting like you see in a normal game. You weren't seeing, you know, the, the scrums behind the net or anything like that. But guys were getting a little chippy. I mean, guys were back-checking. Guys were playing defense. I couldn't believe that. I don't think I've ever seen an all-star game where anybody's played defense. I mean, even Yager was going back on the back-check. Yager's never back-checked in his life. But the fact that, you know, they were actually playing for something and these guys were competing and the goaltenders were not about to give up the games – that's what made that fun. It was actually watching real game, a real game. It wasn't some display game. It was actually watching a real game, and I enjoyed that a lot.
0: And I think because it was 3 on 3, I think that like when you have 5 on 5, but you have the very best players, well, one, they're not going to risk injury, and two, maybe because it's the very best players, you're not going to get that much opportunity because everybody's playing at that same level. And I think here, because there was so much open ice, and i got to tell you something, and I'm going to change this back to John Scott, because I'm still really... Happy for how that turned out for him, winning the All-Star MVP award, scoring two goals in the first game as well. It was funny because I think going back to like what you said, like your expect what you expected and then what actually happened. I think a lot of people were just thinking, "Oh well, John Scott is big and slow, and he's going to look like a pylon out there." Even he thought that. Yeah, but what I thought was interesting was that he's a big guy; he has a long reach. And he used that to his advantage, and there was a lot of room for him. So it's like he wasn't like a big guy who got squashed into a corner because he had no place to go. Because it was only three-on-three, on three, there was a lot of room. I mean, think back to that breakaway goal. He found an opening, and then he used his body to basically box out the guy who was trying to stop him. And then he used his long reach to keep the puck so far away from the defender who was trying to to get him. That he was able to get a get that breakaway goal.
1: If he was going to play in any All Star game, I'm glad it was this one because it, it benefited him obviously, you know. And and getting those two goals, winning the MVP, that was the best. the the, the whole entire thing. It was just it was just entertaining. And that's what it should be. And, and it's probably going to go down to me at least. I've watched most of the All-Star games. You know, I watched them back when it was, for a while, it was, you know, North American Stars versus the World, and I watched East-West, and back in the day when it was Wales versus Campbell Conference, and, you know, it doesn't matter what the format they've changed it to. I don't have any memorable moments from an All-Star game at all. This game was pretty memorable being able to watch it like that i think they could have sped it up a little a little more like you said with they should have sped up the the skills competition i think they could have been a little quicker on transitioning from one to the next but i understand it was a spectacle they had to have whoever country bumpkin band playing and in between and stuff like that and, and all that stuff i i get that but you know it with 20 minute periods you know split 10 by 10 taking a half hour break in between the games was
0: it was a little much i, I that's where they could have cut it down and i also thought i mean they got to have commercials you know so you got to have some downtime but I could have done without the, the, you know, now we got to set up the stage and now we're going to perform. Now we're going to tear down the stage. Now we're going to Zamboni the ice. Now we're going to bring out the other teams. And, and it's just like, yeah, I felt like that took a little too long. And so it went, it lasted like almost four hours. Yeah, it was a long time.
1: I saw in the guide it was supposed to go from four to seven. But when 630 hit and it still and the next game, hadn't even started yet. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: You gotta admit that hit on Patrick Kane was pretty funny. The, uh... The body check.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good.
0: Oh, man, I gotta change the subject to Mike Milbury. Oh, my God, I... Why
1: do we ever have to change the subject to Mike Milbury? (laughs) Unless we're we're talking about beating somebody with their own shoe, there's no reason to talk about Mike Milbury.
0: (laughs) He never actually hit the guy with his shoe. He just motioned like he was gonna hit him, but he never actually... If you watch the video, he never makes contact with him. Oh, well. But the point is is that up until today, I was probably the last person who would stand up for Mike Milbury because I agree with a lot of what he says, and I like the fact that the guy changes his opinion based on new information, where first he was like, oh, we can't take hitting out of the game, but now that he's aware of like all the data on concussions and stuff, he realizes that, okay, there needs to be some change. I totally respect him for that. But the fact was that he was just... Like, all he did in pregame was just diss John Scott, and he was telling Keith, oh, Keith Jones, oh, just move this along. Less, less to say about that, the better. Nothing more to talk about here. And then after Scott put up those two goals, he was just like, Arr. like, he didn't, he didn't say anything about
1: that. He was put in his place like he is almost every night that he's on TV. You, you probably don't pay attention as much as this, but he dogs Crosby all the time, and that's fine. I'll admit Crosby's not. He's probably lost a couple steps. You know the injuries that he's taken, that big bout he had with concussion, and everything. I'm not making excuses for the guy. He's still one of the one of the elite players in the league, but he gets dogged by Milbury anytime the Penguins are on NBC, and it's just ridiculous because he could go out there and score four goals in a period, and Milbury will still find things to complain about. Just and it's because he plays for the Penguins. You know any guy that ever plays for Boston. God forbid anybody say anything bad about him. Well, you know. Millberry's a blowhard. He likes to hear his own voice. And he's the villain. He has to be the villain. Every every sports program that has a bunch of talking heads on it always has a villain. And that's him. He is the villain. He's the one that's put on there to tick people off and say things that are going to be controversial and make people get mad. That he's that guy.
0: So that's okay, right? I mean, you need that. If we were all in agreement all of the time, it'd be boring, right? It's
1: one thing to be in agreement. It's another thing to sound like an asshat. And that's what he does. He just likes to hear his own voice, and it drives me up the freaking wall. When you're not talking about something that he wants to talk about or that he thinks is important or you've just proven him wrong, it's what he says to Keith. Oh, well, let's just stop talking about it. We're, We don't want to beat this into the ground. Let's just move on. Come on, give me a break.
0: So, getting back to the uh, the game.
1: I love Mike Milberry, by the way, in case, in case anybody was wondering. He's my favorite.
0: So, what do you think? Should the NHL do this next year, three-on-three? Three?
1: Yeah, it, it makes sense. Uh, if they don't change the overtime format and they keep three-on-three three like they have uh, for this year, I think that's been successful. Uh, I think there's no reason why they shouldn't leave that as part of the All-Star game. Although, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to change the All-Star voting and the method of voting.
0: And I think they shouldn't do that because they had a story, they had something, people were interested about this, this was what everybody was talking about, and it's funny how Liam McHugh and everyone had to kind of like preface it with like, oh, a very non-traditional all-star selection, you know, like they they had to address the elephant in the room, but that turned out okay. Uh, I actually thought it was funny that he got voted as the all-star MVP, John Scott, because you know, I mean, he wasn't the only one to have two goals. I think Sedin also scored two goals in that first game.
1: I was hoping for a hat trick because I wanted to see how many cowboy hats landed on the ice.
0: That would have been fun. So what I would like to see is, yeah, I'd like to see the same three-on-three format where you have the different divisions play against each other. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought three 20-minute games was more entertaining than one 60-minute game, but... I think that they should continue to keep the voting up and just say, hey, vote for whoever you want. Don't even call it an all-star game. Just call it like the three-on-three classic. Like you have a winter classic and a stadium series. Call it like the three-on-three classic or tournament or something and just let people vote for whoever they want. Somebody suggested to me on Twitter, they're like, it'd be cool if people voted in journeymen. I mean, think about someone like a Mike Sillinger or Brent Ashton. I mean, those guys played like 15 years in the league probably never played in any all-star games, if I remember correctly, but it doesn't mean that they would be terrible if, if the fans voted for them. That's who the fans want to see play.
1: I don't have a problem with the way the NHL has the voting set up, and I don't know that this is a solution to that. If the NHL wants that to stop, and they they don't want the ballot box stuffing per se, they need to shrink the pool of available players, and I, and I know that's going to create a lot of controversy in and of itself by saying, well, what makes these guys better than these guys? But does everybody want to see John Scott play or does everybody see Ovechkin play or Crosby play or, you know, uh, George LaRock instead of one of those guys, you know, th- that kind of thing. Not that he plays anymore, but I'm just saying they're going to, they're going to do something. They're going to, they're going to mess with it. They're going to tweak it. They're going to change the rules somehow just because of this event, because this was such a black eye on their PR that there is no way, there's no way it's going to happen the same way next year. The format of the game, I think they'll keep. The way guys get there is going to change a little bit. I'm not sure how, but I, I think that's what you're going to see.
0: And I think that's a shame because if if you tell fans to vote who they, for who they want and then they can't.
1: Like I said, that that's it. Just like just like in other years, you know? Like I like I mentioned earlier when we first started talking. You know, the Blackhawks got five, six guys, you know, stuck on the on a roster one year because of because of that thing. Uh, you know, Gergensen's made the All-Star game. Was it last year or the year before? He had no business being there.
0: But was that really a bad thing if a bunch of people wanted to see him play?
1: It's not a bad thing, but the controversy arises because the people that are voting are not NHL fans.
0: Who cares? They're voting.
1: I don't care. I'm just saying why people got all upset.
0: They're involved, they're engaged. That's the cool
1: thing. That's what the NHL intended by doing this, but they didn't think of the long-term consequences. They didn't think Bugs Bunny was going to get written in as a write-in vote, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, you vote for president and you you write in, you know, I'm voting for Brad Pitt for president, and I'm putting it on the right end. Well, he got a vote, and people are going to turn around and be like, well, who voted for him? Well, in this case, thousands and thousands of people voted for him. Whether they wanted him there or not, they voted for him. And it may have started off as a joke, but it turned into something really special. And I'm, I'm glad. He didn't go out there and make the NHL right. I'm glad he didn't go out there and fall on his face. I'm glad he didn't go out there and look like the slowest guy, the lumbering ox like everybody thought he would. I'm glad he got the two goals, and I'm glad he got the car.
0: One final thought before we wrap things up. Um, At the end of the broadcast, Darren Drager reported that already some uh, companies had contacted Scott's agent about endorsements. Really? What would John Scott endorse? Uh... We're speculating here, just to just to wrap things up with the fun.
1: I don't know. with would John Scott endorse?
0: Well, you know, Mike Milbury called him the donut in the lineup. I think it'd be awesome if John Scott worked out a uh, an endorsement deal with uh, Dunkin' Donuts because Mike Milbury referred to him as the donut in the lineup because he's the hole in the middle.
1: The donut?
0: And so what do you think? John Scott donuts.
1: Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons or, or somebody.
0: I think John Scott Donuts, Um, I could also see him endorsing work boots for some reason, you know, because he's a a hard worker.
1: (laughs) Work boots. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Boxing gloves, maybe? Ooh, had to go there. That might be a good one. I would say something that had to do with Phoenix, but that that doesn't really work out. Hey, actually, now that that he's all the way over in Newfoundland, maybe he can do something with the guys from Oak Island and, and help them find the treasure. That would be good.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Oh, you have, you never watched the Curse of Oak Island? No. Oh, it's a show where they're trying to find a treasure out on Oak Island, which is like off of Newfoundland. You have to, you have to check it out.
0: That sounds like work. I'm I'm talking more about endorsements. You know, like I think of like Andrew Shaw has these hilarious commercials where he endorses like a local Chevy dealer. So I'm just wondering what what could John Scott endorse? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think donuts. That's that's my number one answer. Yeah, we can go with that. I guess on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Overall, the uh, All-Star Game was a lot of fun. The All-Star Weekend was a lot of fun. Fans got what they wanted out of this. The NHL, maybe they didn't, but it seemed to work out as as good as it could. As good as uh, we could all hope for. And uh, I will definitely tune into the All-Star Game next year, regardless of who's playing in it. Even if it was Bugs Bunny.
1: It's going to be a whole entire team fill of fourth liners.
0: I'll watch it. That sounds like it'd be an interesting game.
1: Not if they make Sean Avery the head coach.
0: Oh, okay. Then we're done. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.